The Courage to Lead, episode 181. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Gavin Sequera. Gavin is an advocate for resilience and change, having lived in a war-torn country and escaping religious persecution growing up. After migrating to Australia and with 10-plus years in the corporate world working for tech giants IBM and Oracle, Gavin has made redundant overnight catapulting his spiritual and entrepreneurial journey. Today, Gavin lives his mission, empowering entrepreneurs to work smarter, not harder, using a combination of intuition coupled with the right systems and skills. Gavin is a regular guest speaker, author, and host of his very own podcast. He has been featured on Sky News Business, Huffington Post, Success Magazine, including leading newspapers and radio stations. Gavin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks very much, Holland. It's my pleasure to be here. Oh, it's great to have you here, all the way from Australia. Good job. Yeah, That's yeah, awesome. yeah. Very cool. So, in the in the bio, you mentioned you're from a war torn country. Where were you <clears> from yeah. originally? So, I've got quite a mixed background. I'm I'm actually half Indian Portuguese. That's my heritage. Okay. And I was born in Pakistan, which okay. uh, is a Muslim country. But I'm I'm a Catholic. I'm a Christian, right? And we make up 1% of, or less than 1% of the population in that country. So where I was born um, was, you know, we were always a minority, and not just a minority, a super minority to the point where you had to live in gated communities um, because really outside of that, you weren't safe. And there were all kinds of reports over there, you know, where you know, things would happen. And, and the law enfor- enfor- enforcement is not like it is in the U.S. or Australia. So um, it, it wasn't safe and it wasn't safe for women. It's still not safe for women. It's not it's a part of the world where, you know, it, things just happen. Right. <laughs> and people are a law unto themselves. So anyway, I grew up in that place for a couple of years. Uh, then we moved to the Middle East, which, you know, uh, is a little bit better, but but not a whole lot better in terms of that. And wow. and so I grew up in a, a a place called Kuwait, which is in the middle of Iran and Iraq. And uh, I grew up, I lived there for eleven years um, till I was a teenager. And I witnessed bombs flying overhead all the time between the two countries. They were always at war. Um, and so you know, I thought that was normal. I didn't know any better, yeah. right? And uh, wow. it wasn't until we got out and and we, you know we started traveling around, and I'm like, man, you know, the whole world is so different. You know, people people have freedoms. You can walk around. You can wear whatever you like. You can uh, you can go to the beach. You know, you can drink water out of a tap. We couldn't even right. do things like that. Wow. Um, people had grass in their backyards. You know, and you have trees. Whereas in the Middle East, there there are no trees, there there is no garden, there is no, so you know it was it was an interesting period of my childhood, um, but I then moved to Australia as a as a teenager and my whole life changed uh, with my family obviously and um, you know I'm sure we're going to get into that as well. Absolutely, wow. <laughs> no, you know I used to work with a guy years ago that he always seems so calm, and yeah. it's like. Doesn't all the stuff that's going on here, you know, because there's layoffs and everything else, doesn't this right. upset you? He goes, I grew up with bombs dropping in neighborhoods. Yes. He goes, yes. this doesn't bother me. You know, 100%, you know, and I, I relate to your friend. So my dad used to work for the local airline in, in Kuwait called Kuwait Airways. It, it's mm-hmm. a bit like um, Delta or, you know, or something United or something mm-hmm. like that. And, and uh, on one of his trips, the plane was hijacked in Iran and they killed the pilots and they tortured people. And he was lucky to get away with his life. And this is in 1984 before they had YouTube and Facebook and things were streamed live. And, you know, so all we heard this on the BBC radio and we didn't know if dad was coming home that night, you know, or, or at all. And so Mm. when you grow up in times like that and you hear stuff now on, on the television, uh, I don't get phased by it because I've, I've kind of grown up with it. Now it's not right. to say those are not horrible things that happen in, in, in sure, real time, sure, but sure. I guess I've built up a bit of resilience growing up. And so, you know, right now there's a war in Ukraine, you know, there's, there's stuff. Right. I've, I've seen, I know I can empathize, I can empathize with 
with what's going on outside of where I live. So whilst I, I, I work with people that have only ever lived in this town or only ever lived in, in Australia, or let's say I'm talking to you in the US, I have family in the US, they've never been outside of their town, you know, and they just don't know what else is going on. And um, I guess your whole thing about the courage to lead, I, I totally empathize with that because you, you need to have courage to do, to get out of your comfort zone. So that's, that's where my journey sort of pushed me. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, and, and lots of points of courage, I'm sure. So we're going to come yeah. back and talk about those, right? How yeah. you got your start and things that happened to you, how you got to where you are now, talk about your right. book and everything. Yeah. Um, but before we get started, I've got some questions that I ask every one of my guests. Um, okay. Listeners will know these are the questions from the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these same questions of his Hollywood guests from TV, film, and stage. And I always thought if these are good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So oh, Gavin, good. if you're ready, 10 questions for you. Let's do it. All right. Question number one, what is your favorite word? Uh, my, uh, look, honestly, my favorite word is fun. Um, and uh, it might sound very simplistic, but I, I believe if you enjoy what you do and you, you love what you do, there's a bit of passion in it. You know, we, as children, we're taught to play and have fun. As adults, we, we forget that. Things become too yeah. serious. We lose track of the purpose and, and, our, and our vision. And I think if we can go back to those simplistic days and enjoy what we're doing, um, you know, we can live out a really awesome, fulfilling life. So fun would be my favorite Fun is perfect. All right. What is your least favorite word? Um, probably, uh, I'd probably say can't, C-A-N-T. I, I can't do it, you know, and uh, because I, I really, I don't like that word. I, I, I don't use it as often in my, my vocabulary anymore. If I run up against a challenge or something that I, you know, is holding me back, I try and look for a solution. And one of my mentors years ago uh, uh, told me an analogy. He said, try and be like water. You know, water flows. You put a rock in there, water will flow around it. So if you can try and be like that, you know, the word, I can't do it, or, it's impossible, things like that, they start to get away from you. Exactly. Yeah? No, that's yeah. good. I, um, I will accept I won't do something. Oh, won't, I won't, won't accept I can't. Won't yeah. is fine. That's a choice. Can't that's a choice, is, yes. Yeah. Can't is like giving up. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. All right. So what, what turns you on? Um, honestly, meeting, meeting cool, interesting people and learning. I love learning. I love exploring. I love uh, adventure. And so, you know, I've traveled a lot around the world. And one of the best things I, can, I, I, I take out of my life is just meeting interesting people and learning and growing. I met my wife this way, you know. And uh, so pre-pandemic, of course. Sure. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it, it, that's what I love. Look, even talking to you. You know, how, how amazing is this? Right? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. What turns you off? Uh, when it's dull outside, you know, it's, it's raining, it's, 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 a, it's cold, it's miserable. Probably, um, it probably invokes like feelings of, I don't want to do anything today. I just want to stay in bed <laughs> and, you know, but to be honest, that doesn't turn me off. I'm, I'm, I'm making that up. I, I guess, I guess the thing that turns me off is when, when, um, you know, there's moments of, of despair or, or just loneliness or, you know, when you reach that point where there's no help available. Um, but again, I try and turn that around. Sometimes you have to go through those periods, but um, they're, they're the low points. But the good thing is every winter has a summer, right? Every day, every night has a day. So when you reach that low point, you got to know that it's you're going to come out of it. Good job. Yeah. All right. What sound or noise do you love? I love the birds in the morning. I love I love waking up to, you know, nature. I live in the country in South Australia. It's beautiful. Um, I've lived by the beach. I've lived by the water. I've I've you know I've I've lived in the, the big city in the Big Apple, all that kind of stuff. And I just love the the simple sounds in the morning. A rooster or a, over here in Australia we have a cockatoo, yeah, which yeah. makes a beautiful noise. You know, you wake up to that. And it's just like oh man, that's just it's beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, honestly, the horn <laughs> of a car, you know, where I used to live, it was, it, you know, rushing to my, my job when I was back in the corporate days, uh, you know, an hour commute each way in the car, in traffic, 
lining up, people blowing their horn, people yelling out of their car, all of that. I, I don't miss that at all. So no, I'll put that I in that category. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Question seven. What is your favorite curse word? Right. I don't really curse, to be honest, um, Harlan. But if I had to say, if if uh, a good example is if I cut myself or stub my toe on the edge of the bed, I'd probably go, ah, damn, you know, and um, and almost like uh, Jack Bauer in 24, the season yeah. 24. He never cursed at all in the entire series. I, yeah, right. But all he would say was damn, you know, and so, yeah. you know, I'll take a leaf out of his book. Okay, that works. <laughs> all right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I had uh, uh, more time, and, and I am working towards this, I'd probably go into something like archaeology. Mm, nice. <clears throat> and uh, the reason why is, like I said, I love learning and exploring. I love history. I love learning about our past because our past really teaches us who we are as people and, and where we might go in the future. And, you know, I, I'm fascinated by history, and I'm not just talking about the last, like modern history, I'm talking about ancient history. Sure. I love, you know, maybe digging up fossils and doing a... Uh, um, uh, an adventure like Indiana Jones or something like that. Absolutely. That'd be something I'd, I'd love to do something like that. That would be awesome. That'd be cool. All right. What profession would you not like to do? Honestly, I I wouldn't want to go back and into, into sitting at a cubicle at a desk um, and typing away. And, and I, I just wouldn't, wouldn't want to go back into that kind of line of work. I, I want to be my own boss, which is what I do. And uh, I just cannot see myself going back and 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 doing the same thing over and over again, sitting in one spot and becoming part of the furniture for someone else. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Good job. All right. Final question, Gavin. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, hopefully he'll let me in, you know, and <laughs> and, and if he does let me in, I hope he says, hey, you 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 did a good job. You know, um, you, you passed. Best. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. All right. So, Gavin, we're going to come back and talk about how you got your start, how you got to where right. you are now, who you work with, and how you help them. And at some point, we're going to transition into talking about courage and leadership. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Listeners, we're going to talk about all that and more right after this. So, stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Gavin Sequard. Gavin, thanks again for getting up early and joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate it. No, I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. So you immigrated to Australia with your family? Is that why, why did you guys that's pick right, Australia? That's right. Uh, so we had family in Australia. The reason why we left was um, we left in 1989 and uh, that was just prior to the Gulf War in 1990. And yeah. to be honest, this, this was bound to happen. So we could see the writing on the wall, the tanks were rolling in, yeah. there were checkpoints all along the border. We were like, we need to get out of this. This is not gonna yeah. end well. And after what happened to my dad uh, being hijacked and just all these other stuff, I was only 13. I just turned 13. We got out of Kuwait. We landed in Sydney, Australia, beautiful place. If, if you ever get a chance to go, I highly recommend it. And I lived there for a good 25 years, you know, before I moved uh, to Melbourne, which is another beautiful city in Australia. Lived there for a few years. And then uh, now I live in South Australia with my wife um, in the country. But we got out of there uh, because times were just tough, you know, and we needed to, we need a safe place. My parents had four kids. I'm one of four kids and they wanted us to grow up safe, have a good education and, you know, have our futures ahead of us. So, you know, I have to thank my parents for giving me the opportunity to, to, to live this life. Sure. Absolutely. And so you say your heritage is uh, Portuguese. Yeah. Indian. Indian. Yeah. It's a mix. So spice trades. I mean, we're right, right, yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent, yeah. So um, there's a place in India called Goa, 
GOA. Maybe you've heard of it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it is a pretty popular destination. It's yeah. very tropical. They run all the, uh, the Bollywood movies over there. And, okay. and it, it, it's known for its seafood, beaches, all of that. So my family sort of come from that part of the world. And, uh, you know, before India and Pakistan were two separate countries, it was all one country. And uh, my ancestors literally were a mix between the Portuguese who landed in the 16th century, traded sure. spices with the Indians. And that's where the sequera comes from. And that's where the Catholic or the Christian part of mm-hmm. me comes from. Um, but, you know, some of my family then migrated north to Pakistan. Then there was the uh, separation of the countries and it, it became a Muslim country. We became a minority and yeah. uh, that's how we had to get out of there. Sure. So sometimes, sure. you know, where you live, Harlan, isn't always going to be the, the pretty rosy place you think it is in you know, we just got to be prepared for change because change happens when we least expect it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. So uh, you worked for some pretty major companies, IBM, Oracle. Yeah. What did you do there? What were you doing? Uh, yeah, I was in, in Mark. First, I started off as a, uh, a graduate uh, straight out of, out of university, uh, went into software engineering. And I liked it, but I didn't love it. So then I moved into marketing and I, I really loved it. And I, I was basically in marketing and then I went into sales. And I started selling software for a lot of you know big end clients, and mm-hmm. uh, and I ran teams. I traveled all around Asia, went to the U.S. multiple times. Uh, it, it was wonderful. I, I loved my time in corporate. Then I got I got tapped on the shoulder and said, "Hey, do you want to go uh, from IBM to Oracle?" And it was a competitor, and I went, "No, I'm not going to do that. That's terrible. You, you, you know, because you build up this loyalty." But once I went across, I'm like, hey, these are these are really nice people and they pay me more money. I love it. And then I got to a point where, hang on a second, I'm not loving being in this environment. I, the, the, now, some people thrive in corporate and, and you know, I think that's fantastic because I, I think it's a really great place to start off your career. Uh, but for me, after after about 12 years, I, I started to look at people who were, had been there 20 and 30 years and you know, some of them had been divorced a couple of times, had double or triple bypass surgeries. Some of them hadn't seen their kids for a long time. They had literally become a slave to the company. They dedicated their whole life to the company. And I didn't want that. I didn't want to be that company man. I wanted to be my own man. I wanted to live my life. And uh, so, you know, I, I started I started looking for ways to get out. And this was 16 years ago, Alan, that I, I got out of corporate. Nice. <laughs> so, very cool. Yeah, I was, I was watching one of the videos you have on your uh, your LinkedIn. It was yeah. Sky News. Sky News Sky Business. News. You had yeah. the interview. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. And you're talking about that the people lose their passion, right? And that's what well, that's happens. It. You know, the, the, uh, the, the thing that really got me was uh, all the politics involved. You know, you get to a certain point based on your skill. After that, it's you heard the saying, it's who you know. Yes. And it's not just who you know, it's what can you do for them? Because if you if you cannot help them get to where they want to get to, they're not interested in you, Harlan. You know, it's yeah. it's as simple as that. And so I I didn't want to play that game. I'm like, you know, I just and and as you get get to the top, it gets thinner and thinner, and it's all political. It's all political. And so I wasn't born to be that. And and I thought, you know, I there's got to be more to life than this. What else can I do? So I started exploring. Did Tony Robbins walked on fire? I did all this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, we didn't have YouTube and LinkedIn and podcasts. And all. I wish we did. I would have listened to your podcast sure. right off the bat. <laughs> but but I went into seminars. I read real books. Um, you know, I, I met people, shook hands, all of that. And that got me on the journey to where I am today. Nice. Very cool. So the, the Break Free from Corporate, right? I know yeah. it was the title of your book. Why is that concept so appealing and appetizing to people these days? Is it did the pandemic? Do that, or is it something that's been kind of brewing all along? I think it's something that's been brewing all along. Um, you know, you maybe you've heard of, or your listeners have heard of this uh, thing called the Great Reset. You know, there's a, there's this whole people wanting to now live a more freer lifestyle, maybe a digital nomads or the nomadic lifestyle. I know you're 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 embarking on that, and and look, I've I've seen this for the last few years, 
And I, I always wondered who are these people that are doing it? You, you read every day about people who sell the house or you know they, they rent their property, they get rid of all their possessions, they, they get a, a van or a, a, like they did in the 70s, you know, mm-hmm. but maybe not as hippie today, a bit more modern and sophisticated, but they just want to be on the road. They want to travel. They want to live a bit more free lifestyle. But even if they don't do that, it's just having control of your life. Yeah. When you're mm-hmm. in corporate, everything centers around your job, right? And that's okay. Uh, if you're happy with it. After a point, you got to ask yourself, hey, where else do I want to go? What else do I want to do? I talk to people every day, Harlan, who haven't been out of their town, haven't been out of their city, haven't traveled around the world because because they can't. They, they, they're only allowed to a, a couple of weeks a year at best. And if, if, if that, their job controls their entire life. So I didn't want to be that person. So I, I tried multiple different businesses. I went into franchising. I, I started my own consulting business. I, I built websites and apps. I did all kinds of things to try and make a life for myself, right? And I figured out, hey, I'm good at this. I'm not good at that. I like this. I don't like that. And along the way, I met a lot of business owners and they kept asking me, hey, Gavin, how do you do this? And how did you set this up? And could you teach my team this? And that's how I got into the... Uh, the business coaching and consulting, which then led me to help specific people who was who were trapped in corporate like myself to get out and 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 start their own business. And I think this is the perfect opportunity for that, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm working with a similar group that that you are, the niche where you've got these um, these people who have been in business doing the same type of thing. Maybe they've moved around a little bit, but the same role right. essentially for years, and they have this depth of knowledge, not the breadth, but the depth of knowledge. Why are they just giving that away to a company, right? When that mm. is valuable, they could go out and do that on their own if they wanted to, but it's that overcoming that fear, you know, walking away from the nine to five where you know a paycheck's going to be there. Even if you're That's mediocre at what you do, you get paid. Right. There's that safety net that the company is always there. So to walk away from that is scary for people. Oh, 100%. And look, I, I don't encourage people to just walk away from their job because I get what you're saying. I, I totally get it. It, it. Especially now, you know, in uncertain times, you don't want to take risk or too much risk. And so I always talk to people about starting something on the side. It's kind of like, think of it this way. If you wanted to learn the guitar or you wanted to learn how to swim or you want to play tennis or something, you wouldn't quit your job to do it. You would just take it up on the side on the weekend, you know, part time. You'd you'd get some coaching, wouldn't you? You'd you'd read some books on it. You'd uh, watch some videos. You'd you start developing your intellect, your knowledge, and and you'd and you'd get out there and you'd practice it, and you'd get better and better. And you know, along the way, some passion might develop. You or you might figure out, hey, I don't like doing this, but I like doing this. And so you start evolving, and you get better and better, and then you start talking to like-minded people, and it kind of takes a life of its own. And so I encourage people to start that journey and, you know, talk to people, get some help. Don't try and do it on your own because it's really tricky and hard to maintain that, that level of enthusiasm. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But so when you were uh, made redundant, furloughed, laid off, however you want to call it, is that what kind of prompted you to say, now's my time, now's my chance? Right. So, so when I was at Oracle, uh, I actually start. I just finished my MBA. I had, you know, really good career prospects. Harlan, things were great. I had started a part-time business. Uh, I was really mucking around. I was. I, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was making maybe, you know, a, a couple of grand a month, you know, and and it wasn't anywhere near my corporate income. But hey, it was a second income. I was just getting really excited about the fact that I was getting a second income. I'd never had a second income in my life. I had not a single dollar outside of my paycheck. You took away my paycheck, I had nothing, right? The fact that I was even getting a hundred bucks or a dollar, I was excited. I'm like, hey, this is really cool. And then the global financial crisis hit in 2007. Uh, And you know, all the tech industry and a lot of other companies started uh, consolidating, uh, laying off staff. I lost my team. I lost you know, the team above me, my manager, his manager. We were all called into the office and said, Gavin, you need to hand in your badge at the end of the week, um, your laptop, your this, your that, you know, and this was a huge shock to the system. Yeah. But I, I, had, I had almost incidentally been preparing for this. You know, and they said, Gavin, because you're a top one performer, we'd like to keep you in the company. We're going to half your pay, but we're going to keep you in the company. We're going to move you to this area. You're going to report to this person. 
are you in or are you out? And I, I thought about it for all of five seconds and I went, I'll take the check and I'm walking. Yeah. Because I the universe is giving me an opportunity to do something that I wanted to do. I didn't I didn't have the courage back then, you know, back then to quit my job. But because I I, I was I'd given a, a bit of a nudge, a bit of a push, and I had started something, that was my opportunity. And I took it. Nice. Very cool. Wasn't always easy, but I Oh no, it. it's not. Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit <laughs> yeah. scary, but yeah, uh, that's cool. Um I saw you've got a YouTube channel. You've got a bunch of stuff out there. How long have you been yeah. doing your your videos? Oh, look, uh, on and off. I'll be honest. Uh, I'm I'm not very good at that. But uh, I've been I've been working on that for the yeah. for the last couple of years. I've been I I do podcasts like yourself. Mm -hmm. I, I try to put it up there. I every now and again try and interview people or share some stories or some tips. Uh, and I get interviewed as well. And so you know. Wherever I can share either my knowledge or someone else's, I'll put it up there. If people want to go there and check it out, it's it's a place where you can learn some stuff. Absolutely. You know, I wish I had access to tools like like this when I was starting. I, oh I yeah, it was tough. It was definitely. Tough. Oh, you can yeah. learn you can learn brain surgery now on YouTube. You heard right? the you same learn thing. everything. <laughs> yeah. But I was watching one of your videos, and you said that being resourceful and being proactive are key to the success yeah. of moving from corporate to your own business. Why is that important? Why is, I mean, resilience I can see, but how do you mean resourceful and proactive? Right, so uh, resourceful really simply means just look being solution oriented. So when you're presented with a challenge, there are two types of people out in, in this world, Harlan. There are people who will just, they will back down and they will go, I can't do it or it's too hard and I give up, right? And then there's the other person who will go, all right, well, this has happened. So how do we get from A to B? What do we need to do? Like they ask the question, what do we need? To, what do I need to do? Who do I need to become? Uh, what do I need to learn? Uh, you know, people like Elon Musk, for example, you know, he started Tesla. Guess what? The guy did not go to university and become a rocket scientist. He taught himself. Now, he's a very smart guy with a very high IQ, but he taught himself rocket um, engineering and all. he taught himself this there would be you can like you said you can learn brain surgery if you wanted to doesn't mean you're going to get qualified to do it but you can teach yourself basic stuff so i really truly believe if you are resourceful and you can look for solutions and and um, teach yourself new skills every day you become a resourceful person you can survive in the real world you know if you were put on an island like like tom hanks in castaway right yeah. You can make it. There are some people who wouldn't survive. And there's some people who will who will build a hut and they'll build this and they'll build a little, they'll, you know, they will survive. And I'll give you a little, a little story on one of my adventures years ago. I went to uh, South America and I went to um, uh, Machu Picchu up nice. in, in Peru, yeah. travel at the top of the mountain. And, uh, you know, we talked about the, the, the indigenous people that live there. Uh, amazing. The, the Inca. Because they built an entire city on the top of the mountain. They had irrigation systems. They had, you know, they had everything. They grew crop. This is above the clouds. And I went there and it's amazing. Wow. And these people taught themselves stuff. They were resourceful. So to go back to your point about being resourceful, you can thrive if you have resourceful in your, in your kit. So I encourage everyone yeah. to, to really, if you're not that type of person now, become a resourceful person. It'll just help you in every area of your life. But yeah, exactly. And one of the types of courage we talk about is that intellectual courage, right? Yeah. Set aside your long held beliefs, set aside the knowledge you have, make room for new knowledge, because there's always yeah. things to learn. I love learning. I love reading different books. I love, you know, going exploring, um, yeah. traveling, because you learn so much about different people and cultures. And that stuff is, is useful. I used to work with a guy at Lockheed Aircraft years ago. Um, and we worked in this one area where the engineers would come down and say, you know, we're going to make a part that needs to fit in the airplane here. And so we mm. would make a dummy part out of water, plastic or fiberglass, whatever, to give them this is what the shape it should take. And then they'd go and fix it. Right. Well, they would come right. down every once in a while and say, we don't think this is possible. And the guy that I work with, Bud, he said, ah, give it to me. I'll do it. And he yeah. would figure it out. Right. He would. And just so I knew early on that if there's a way to do it, just, you know, like you said, water will find a way, right? Right. It, 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 figure it out, figure it out. How could you go over, under, through, or around whatever it takes, but don't, don't just stop, you know, see well, it as a challenge, right? hundred percent. And, you know, when, when we look at 
all the stuff that where we are in say technology wise, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't have cell phones, right? We didn't have, uh, you know, 50 years ago, it was, in, or 60 years ago, it was impossible to even dream of landing on the moon or another planet. Now we got, now we got ships that are finding their way to Mars. Yeah. You know, it's just, but at some point someone would have said, oh, you're crazy. This, this can never be done. But then there's, there's another type of person that says, I'm going to try and figure this thing out. Sure. You know, or I'll dedicate my life to figuring this out. Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. You know, he failed almost 10,000 times, right? right? We all know this story. How many people would have said, nah, candles are the way to go. <laughs> like, you're crazy. Like, what's this electricity thing, right? So there you go. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's that's what I say. You, you've got to, I love resourceful because yeah. especially, and I love to read. If you read a lot, if you experience a lot, if you travel a lot, you'll see things. And you keep right. that in the back of your mind. And when something happens, you go, you know what? I think I can help. That's right. why your background makes you so valuable, I think, as a yeah. consultant and coach to these people, because you have such a, a, a breadth of, of knowledge to draw from, you know? I think yeah, that's awesome. thank you. Very cool. Yeah. So, like I said, I downloaded your book. I haven't had a chance to read it yet and stuff, but tell me about your book. What was that process like for you? Was that, was that tough? Yeah, so I wrote a, an actual book, uh, which is this one called Break Free from Corporate. Now, you know, you can get the hard copy, you can get it on Amazon, all of that. Uh, the process was a lot of fun, uh, going back to my favorite word. Yes, it was hard work, 100%, you know, and and uh, I had a good coach that helped me write it. So the guy who uh, taught me what to do, gave me the steps, right? Because everything is a step-by-step process. He had written 19 books He's a, he's a best-selling author, 19, I think he's on his 20th book now. The guy knows how to write books. So when he said, Gavin, I think you need to put out a book, put some knowledge in there. That'll position you as an expert, you know, as you get started in your business. I'm like, uh, Dale, how, how do I write a book? <laughs> like, this is, like, I, I want to start a business, but writing a book seems impossible. He's like, no, you just do this and this and this and this. And so I did. Now, did I get stuck? Yeah, there were times when I didn't even know what to write. I didn't know, you know, all of that. And but when you have help along the way, it becomes easier to do. And so, uh, it was it was challenging, but it was a lot of fun. When I got the finished product, I was super excited. Take off the bucket list. Uh, now I have a way to help people in 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 ways I couldn't have done it before. Right. So I've had people download this book all around the world. Uh, I've sold it in bookstores all all over Australia. Um, and these days I give it away when I do speaking gigs and things like that, but it's, it's amazing. And that then helped me write eBooks and other forms of, of books. So it's a, it's a great, uh, it's a great little adventurous thing that, uh, to do. Absolutely. If you ever want to become an author, you can go, <laughs> I'm now an author. <laughs> exactly. I've yeah. got two books now. I've got two books yeah. self-published. The first one is not great because it was one of those things that I just had to get out and I did it yeah. and it's yeah. out there and stuff. The second book, it's, it's cathartic because it's like, I have all these ideas that I want to share, you know? Right. And it is, but it's a little scary. It's like, okay, I'm going to put these out there and I'm going to get comments from people, you know, or I'm going to get, yeah. yeah. Negative reviews or something, but yeah. <laughs> so where did yeah. you find the, the courage to write a book? You know, we talk about so, the different types of courage. Where did that come from? Yeah. So look, the first one was just, I guess, putting my ideas out in the real world. You know, before people uh, want to do business with me, you know, they, they, they kind of want to know who you are. And you got to remember, I did this before social media. Oh, actually, no, social media was around, but, you know, it wasn't kind of as big as it is today. Right. And a, a book was really a good way to do it. It still is. It's a great way. You know, I think becoming an author is a great way to be positioned as an expert. So, mm-hmm. yes, there was the fear of putting the ideas out because you're going to attract the reviews or the, you know, for the most part, they're good but you'll get the odd person who will criticize you. And, and then it, it can, it can hurt the ego. It can hurt your, your um, self-confidence and all of that. Right. Or people might go, Hey, I can't believe you said that or whatever. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but I always talk, told myself the reason or the purpose I'm doing this is to help people put my ideas out there. If it makes a difference in someone else's life or they take one thing out of that book, it would have been worth it. And so that's what kept me going. And that gave me the courage to keep going with the process, right? And and like you've done two books now, right? So, you know, you've obviously, once you got comfortable with one, the second one is not as difficult and you get better at doing it. So, yeah. you know, I, I have a goal to write many books, you know, this is the first yeah. of many. Um, nice. So, yeah. 
Very cool. Yeah, I've got a, a so I'm a private pilot, right? So oh, I right. use a lot of flight analogies. Um, yeah. So my first book is called Flight Planning. Kind of, you know, goes along with the the strategic plan. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? How do you plan to get there? Right. Love it. The second book is Barnstorming, a pilot's guide to growing your business. Because the barnstormers came back from World War One. They wanted yeah. to fly, but there were no commercial jobs, so they bought their own plane. They went out there and started doing acts and you know charging people to watch them fly, take them up in the plane to show them mm. what it was like. But the way that they marketed their skills, the way that they made joint partnerships and, and joint groups to and constantly improving their skills, things that we as entrepreneurs need to do every day. You know? Oh, totally. So, totally. yeah. So, yeah, I love, the, yes. I love the title of your book, Flight Planning. It's very similar to um, uh, a book called Flight Plan by Brian Tracy. Uh, really? Uh, yeah. So, Brian, you, you've heard of Brian Tracy? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, he wrote uh, Eat That Frog and, and right, a few others. Right. And, he again, he talks about how do you get from A to B, right? Yeah. And isn't it amazing that we today we can get on a plane, this little piece of metal, or, you know, and it flies up in the sky, which at some point someone would have said, you're crazy, that's never going to take <laughs> off. But, right. but someone figured out how to do it, right? The Wright brothers did it. And, um, you know, so we can get from this place at 6.42 a.m. How do they know this? How do they know precisely when you're going to arrive yeah. over, you know, you're going to travel over mountains and rivers and oceans and go through storms and clouds and 30,000 feet in the air and but they can tell you precisely to almost the minute when you're going to arrive because it's planning, it's strategic, it's calculated, course correction, all of that stuff that you know really well as a pilot. And I, I use that analogy. It's actually in my book as well. So Good. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Um, so again, back to the topic of courage. Yeah. Where did I know that you were kind of forced out of corporate America and, and started doing your own thing. A lot of people, like you said, would have turned around and tried to find another door to go in, yeah. you know, because they're, they can't see themselves out on their own, finding their own work and everything like that to say, no, I'm just going to leave. I'll take my check and I'm out the door. That takes a right. lot of courage. It does. It does. And like I said, I didn't just take the check and walk out the door. I had started a part-time business. It was making me, you know, a little bit of money on the side. So it was paying the bills. It kept me going. It wasn't lavish by any means. And I had to work really hard to build that, that business up. And then that business led to another, led to another. But I, I had to put the energy towards it because otherwise it's like trying to grow anything. If you don't water it, pour some sunshine into it, pour some energy, some love into it. It's never going to take off, right? Yeah. And and so what I encourage people to do is if you want to get out of this high-paying corporate or even wherever you are on the ladder, you want to get out of there, you need to start a second income stream somewhere. Yeah. You need to build something. You, you cannot just go from everything to nothing. It doesn't right. work that way. It's too yeah. hard unless you've got a lot of savings in the bank. But even, even, even then, it's, it's a huge risk. So I say, if you're here right now, you're kind of in a comfort zone, uh, start something here and build it up, build it up. And you don't have to necessarily overtake where you are, but even if you get to a comfortable point, you can transition. You go from maybe working full-time to part-time, five days to four days. Maybe you go in as a consultant every now and again. You can, or maybe you don't even need to work in corporate. You can work at the grocery store, you know, four days a week. And you don't need to think about work. You clock off at four, four o'clock or whatever it might be. Um, but you then go home and work on your business. You know? Absolutely. And Jim Rohn said this really famously. So Jim Rohn is one of my favorite mm -hmm. mentors. Right? Love he, Jim Rohn, yeah. Yeah, he said, um, you know, work full-time on your, on, your, on your passion and part-time on your, on your, sorry, full-time on your business and part-time on your work or something to that effect yeah. where it's rather than working full-time in your, your nine to five, and part-time on your business, he does it the other way around. He goes, I work part-time, the, the work is a means to an end, but my, my business is a vehicle to my future, right? And so if you can think that way, uh, it'll help you to plan out your transition. And you don't need to do it overnight. You don't need to compete with anyone. Even if it takes you five years from now, it'll be the best five years you could invest. Absolutely. Right? So your book, does it walk through all the steps on what somebody <laughs> should do if they've decided they want to start their own business? Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's perfect. It, it you know, uh, it's my it's my steps. It's it's mm -hmm. kind of what helped me. Uh, it took me many years to get it right. I, I don't know if I've got it fully right, but it works for me. But I've worked with a lot of business people, a lot of entrepreneurs. I I literally, I'm, I kid you not, I have 
worked with um, probably close to 500 people, nice. like personally, yeah. right? Nice. Helping them start their business, get started. Everything from, from school teachers to engineers to lawyers to um, HR consultants to salespeople, people starting health and wellness businesses, all of that. Um, so the one thing I can tell you is you got to transition and there are steps that everyone needs to take. I've kind of broken it down into six major steps. And I go through that in the book. I, I really go through it in a bit of detail. But then there's other things that you need to know, like, why are you doing this? You know, yeah. who are you trying why to help? Why is big? What, yeah. What's the purpose behind it all? Like, mm-hmm. everyone wants to start a business. Really? You know, I don't think everyone's cut out for business. Mm-hmm. I think everyone can do it. But does, is everyone cut out for it? It takes a special mindset. So I talk about mindset in the book. I talk about, uh, you know, forming a, a group of like-minded people, getting good mentorship. I talk about you know, forming a good support network, uh, creating the environment around you that will sustain you. You know, how do you grow, have, have a nurturing environment? So I talk about all of these in different chapters. I give real-world examples. Uh, it's very interactive. Uh, and so at the end of the day, I hope that it just helps people get started take that step. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, I think this is a perfect opportunity. Um, yeah. And it doesn't have to be like everybody thinks if I'm going to go out and start a business, it has to be financial. It has to be IT. Right. It has to be one of those big things. I heard a story, a lady was telling me on the podcast the other day, she had a friend that was furloughed. Right. And the lady didn't know what to do, look mm-hmm. around for a job. And she started thinking, what am I passionate about? What do I love to do? Right. Right. She loves roller skating. So now she's a roller skating coach and she teaches how to roller skate and dance on roller skates and all this stuff. She's making more money now than she was doing in her corporate job. And she's loving every day of her life. You know, every day for her would be like going out and playing with friends. You know, you know, I got a, I got a friend who was a a, a top um, sales executive uh, business consultant. He then went into his own business and did that as a business, but he, uh, he started a second business walking dogs. You know, and taking and because he loves dogs, that's really? his, his passion is real. But guess what? That's now he's now transitioned out of his own business into the dog walking business because he's made the money he needs to. Yeah. And that's what he's doing. He's actually making decent money doing that. He's got dog walkers. He started a, a pet breeding business. He's it's gone. And it's just morphed into all these different things. But wow. but he loves what he's doing. And again, I encourage people to just get started on the entrepreneurial pathway, because what it does, it gets you being creative. You get to learn about who you are as a person and all those uh, passions come up, whether it's from a, for your childhood or whether it's something you do for, you know, for sport or whether it's just something you like, like maybe roller skating, right? How do you then, your mind will start thinking, how do I turn this hobby or this, this thing I love doing into something that can sustain my lifestyle? Yeah. You start asking, how can I do it? How can I do it? Who else is doing it? What are they doing? Can I do it better? You know, and that's that's how it works. Absolutely. Yeah. Start small, right? Just start small. Try it. Yeah. yeah. Learn your way around. Very cool. Um, so when it comes to leadership and some of the folks you work with, um, what do you see these people, these leaders struggling with? I mean, are yeah. they struggling in this new environment because of the virtual type setting or... You know what, what's what's happening? We talk a lot about the employees are saying, "Hey, I think I want to do something different." Yeah. What about the leaders? Yeah, I think leadership is a really uh, it's such a challenging environment because when you're a leader, you, it's not all about you anymore. It's about other people. It's about the company. It's about the business. It's about the people in the business. It's about the employees. It's about the suppliers. It's about the customer. Leadership is such a you know for people to get into leadership, you need to. I think you really need to be in control or be a leader yourself, mm-hmm. off, off yourself. Um, where people run into problems as leaders is when things get out of control and they're not quite sure how to deal with it. Now, let's be honest, that's real life. That's what happens, right? But the people that are good leaders are people who who are in control of themselves. So I look at people who, who, are, who are good leaders out there and you know they've got their life under control. They know what they're doing. They've got a they've got a routine. They're in balance. They they they're, they're never stressed. They're busy people, but they always have time for other people. 
They're good leaders. They're empathetic. Um, they're not afraid to take risks. They talk to people. They get feedback. They, uh, you know, they're, they're always, they got this open door policy. You can call me, you can ring me, you can email me. They're not the kind of leaders who dictate from the top down. And it's like, this is how it's going to be. Because that's not leadership. That's just, that's authoritarianism. You know, that's kind of, and that'll only get you so far, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes you, you you read about these places where it's a great place to work. You know, employees love coming in mm-hmm. or people just love working for that company because it's fun. The leadership is wonderful. They, it's almost like they, they sit with their employees. You know, yeah. they're not sitting in little in, in offices with behind closed doors. They have a desk right next to their em- employees. You know, Steve Jobs used to do that. He used to sit... Um, now, some people would say he was a, a terrible boss, but he was also one of those people who sat with his engineers, sat with his, you know, they had this creative kind of uh, camaraderie around. And so uh, leadership is something where I think to be a great leader, you almost need to be in the trenches with your people, uh, understand what they do. That's how you build respect. Look at some of the great leaders in in war, wartime. You know, if you watch the movie Gladiator, right? Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the reason the army and the, the or the, the people under him respected, um, you know, respected uh, Russell Crowe right. was because he was he he knew how to fight. He was in the trenches. He he, and then people respected that, and they like, well, if you know, I want to follow this guy, yeah. and and I'll follow him wherever he goes. You know, I'll lay down my life for him. And so, at the end of the day, I think leadership is something where courage is part of it. So if you can show courage and you can display that, hey, I've gone through adversity, I've gone through challenges, I get where you're going and I'm going to help you get there. Um, you know, tell me what you need. I'll give you the resources to, to develop, to become better and, and be as successful as you can. That's true leadership. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's my opinion. No, I love it. Uh, do you have somebody that you used to work for that you would say was a good leader? Yeah, I, I, I look, I've had some, some great people. Um, uh, you know, when I transitioned from IBM to Oracle, I was, uh, you know, I was a naive, you know, sort of 30 something year old. Um, and I, one, I was scared to go to another company because I'd worked in one place, you know, for, for 10 years. Yeah. And um, I thought, gee, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I feel like I'm letting my my team down. Right. And this guy had come from IBM to Oracle. So I knew him. And he said, listen, I know what you're going through. You, you're going to make more money, but it's it's not as bad as you think. It's going to be wonderful. I'm going to help you. I'm going to introduce you around and put you on a, a career path where I'm going to help you develop skills. We're going to set you up with this team. Really help me transition across. So it, it he made my corporate career a lot of fun towards the end. I still left because yeah. I wanted to do my own thing. But I, you know, I, he, I think he was a great leader from that perspective. Nice. And he was always out there looking out for my interests because if he helped me, I was going to do anything for him. Sure. Right? I would work late. And this is the thing. I would work late hours. I'd, I'd, I'd stay up late, you know, sleepless nights. I'd work on that presentation. I'd, you know, I'd, if he said, I need you here at 6 a.m., I'd be there at 6 a.m., you know. And so, but would you do that for someone you didn't respect? Probably not. I'd go, hey, hey, uh, Harlan, I'm feeling sick today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. So then how about you? If I was to bump any of the folks that you used to work with or people that reported to you and ask them what type of leader you are, what would they tell me? What kind of leader? Are um, you? Again, you know, if you ask them really early on, they probably go, hey, this guy's not a leader at all. Right. Because I didn't I didn't know how to lead. But um, I really I think I started developing a lot of these kind of skills towards the end of my corporate career, like because I was getting why wiser i guess as i accumulated the years i i was seeing what worked what didn't work and i i would would almost try to emulate good leadership from what i saw so you know if i see something that's working i want to do that and better that that's just how i am and so you know i tried to copy those styles and it's okay to copy something mm-hmm. it's it you know they teach you at school don't copy other people hey if you see something that works copy it like it's fine as long as you're not infringing on someone's rights and all of that but sure. um if you talk to people I, I i work with now my clients or people that you know in my team hopefully they see me as someone who's looking out for their interests as well because i i genuinely want to see them succeed and if they it's time for them to move on i get where they're coming from because i did that and i i wish them well i've had people leave my team 
It's okay. It's totally fine. You know, you've got your life to live. I hope you can take all the skills that you learned here and, and use it in your next kind of life, right? Exactly. And, yeah. and make room for the next person to come in and, and develop. So that's that's my philosophy. Nice. Very cool. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. So tell me about your podcast. How long have you been running it? You know, Holland, I started it uh, six years ago. Um, wow. Good. It's called Break Free from Corporate, you know, very original name. Sure, absolutely. Where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you see. And so um, uh, I started it six years ago. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. Then I took a break for about three years or four wow. years. I, I didn't touch it because when I got started, again, I tried to do a podcast. I was doing things on LinkedIn. I was writing blogs. I was trying to build a program. I was mentoring. I was doing everything because I thought I had to do a bit of everything. I was even writing my book back then. Then one of my mentors said, hey, Gavin, focus on one thing, do it well, yeah. then move on to the next thing. So I parked the um, the podcast. I didn't touch it for a while. Yeah. I've, I've come back to it in the last couple of years. It's it's my avenue of just sharing, interviewing people like yourself, you know, yes. and hey, I'm probably going to get you as a guest on there. because I'd love to, you know, absolutely. I, yeah, 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 100%. And I talk to people, you know, in the US, UK, Asia, Australia, it doesn't really matter where you come from or, or what you've done. As long as you can show that you've you've been in a place where you worked for someone and you are now either transitioning or have transitioned, how did you do it? Nice. You know, what gave you the courage to do it? How did you how did you manage to take the steps? And I try and unlock that and share that with my audience. That's nice. for me, that's my giving back. Very cool. No, yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Hey. Yeah, this has been awesome. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for getting up yeah. so early to, to join us on the podcast. It's my pleasure, man. Yeah, yeah it's totally, been great. totally enjoyed it as well. Absolutely. All right. If people want to get in touch with you and find out more about your book, find out more about your programs you have going, speaking engagements you have coming up and everything right. like that, how can they do that? What's your website? My website's called breakfreefromcorporate.com. There it is again. Right. There it is. <laughs> it, I, I'm a really, hey, I'm a really simple guy. <laughs> you know, I think, I think I like to, keep things simple if, if 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 i keep it to one name it's easy for everyone to remember so on that website has got it's got every everything you can think of that's related to me but if people just want to connect linkedin is a great place um the reason i say linkedin you can find me on facebook instagram all of that but linkedin is more a professional setting and i tend to deal with uh you know people who who have a professional background and so um, that's a great place to connect with me. Again, there's a lot of links and information there as well. Uh, look, look me up, Gavin Sequera or Break Free from Corporate or a combination of the two. Hopefully you'll end up with me. Yeah, Absolutely. And what, what does your t-shirt say? It says, surprise, surprise, but Break, break Free from <laughs> break, Corporate. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Good job. All right. I'm going to have all those links um, in the show notes so people will be able to get in touch with you and stuff. And again, Gavin, thank you for being on the program. Appreciate it. Hey, wonderful. And, and Holland, one last thing I might just say, if, if you can, um, you know, anyone who's interested in just finding out some, some really quick help uh, and they don't want to get a book or they don't want to talk to someone, but they just want to download something quickly. There's an ebook I put out a few years ago. It's called, uh, it's called The Eight Bulletproof Ways to Escape Your Nine to Five Without Risking Your Income. Because nice. you talk about not okay. quitting the job, yeah. right? How do you do exactly. it? It's a, it's a quick PDF. It takes 15 to 20 minutes to read. It has a lot of these tips in short format that you can read, and it'll get to, get you off to a flying start. From nice. there, you know, you can connect and all of that. So you can you can download that. I'll send you the link. Um, that's a free okay. gift to anyone who wants it. Excellent. Yeah? Very good. Yeah, send me the link. I'll put it in the show notes for everybody. Appreciate it. Thank you, Sounds sir. Sounds great. Sounds great. All right. Listeners, hope you guys are taking a lot of notes, a lot of good information here. Um, yeah, if you're considering making the, the leap, definitely check it out. Check out the website, Break Free From Corporate. Excellent. All right. And share this episode with your family, friends, and colleagues. And stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan, saying so long for now. <laughs>